Hey guys, it's Matt. Hope you're all doing really, really well. I know I owe a lot of listeners out there responses to listener questions. I've been asked a ton about the trip to Africa, so I'm going to do a full episode on that. But I'm just now getting back into the swing of things. And I did an interview with David Allen on the Better Humans podcast, so I'm going to post it here for you guys to listen to. Um, But I promise I'm going to post an episode about the Africa trip and answer all your questions. And it was amazing, by the way. Uh, But yeah, I want to share this interview I did with David Allen for the Better Humans podcast. And I will record a specific uh, new episode of the Goal Achievement podcast really, really, really soon. uh, Most likely over this weekend. So that's it, guys. Hope you're all doing awesome. And I... uh, Uh, can't wait to record that episode and um, connect with you guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, welcome to the Better Humans podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're all doing really well. My name is Matt East. I'm your host and I am recently back from a few weeks of being in Africa. So I was uh, there on vacation, just relaxing uh, with Rachel and with a some other family members. It was amazing. And if you want to hear more about that, I'm going to be sharing some details about that trip because I've been asked about it a bunch from uh, not only listeners of this show, but mostly from the Goal Achievement Podcast. So that's my other podcast. And if you're interested in in that trip, um, you want to If you're thinking of going to Africa or you're just curious, I'm going to be sharing some details about that trip uh, on my other podcast. So the Goal Achievement Podcast, check it out. I'll be releasing that episode in the next few days. And um, Africa is amazing. It was just tremendous. So uh, yeah, check that out in the next few days. But on today's show, I get the opportunity to connect with uh, the amazing David Allen. So if you're unfamiliar with David's work, David Allen is one of the world's most influential thinkers on productivity. He has over 35 years of experience as a management consultant and executive coach. And uh, his best-selling book, I'm sure many of you have read it or at least heard of it. uh, It was really groundbreaking when it was originally published. It's called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And it's been published in... Uh, over 30 languages, which is insane. And uh, Time Magazine calls it the defining self-help book of its time. And, uh, and getting things done is often referred to as GTD. So the GTD methodology, uh, it's really become a global phenomenon and it's been taught by training companies in over 60 countries. So uh, David and his company and his partners are dedicated to teaching people how to stay relaxed and productive in our fast-paced world. And I was given the opportunity to connect with David because he recently published an article for Better Humans. Um, It's called How to Do a GTD Mind Sweep, and he did it in support of his most recent book, which is called The Getting Things Done Workbook, which enhances the original by providing an accessible guide to the GTD methodology in workbook form. Definitely check it out. 
And I hope you guys love this interview with David. I just really think highly of him. And if you haven't ever read uh, Getting Things Done, definitely, definitely check it out. So here's my interview with uh, David Allen. I hope you guys love this one. Let me know what you think. Bye-bye. Ah, welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm terrific, Matt. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, this is exciting for me. I've followed your work forever. I'm a huge GTD fan, so I can't wait to get into this. So you recently published the Getting Things Done Workbook. I know this is something your uh, your audience has wanted for a long time. It's a practical step-by-step how-to guide that supplements getting things done by providing details, the how-tos, and the practices to apply GTD more fully and easily in daily life. So I've got to ask, what inspired the release of the workbook, David? Well, frankly, Matt, the, the, the Getting Things Done book itself, first edition 2001, the new edition to 2015, is really daunting for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't hold back. I didn't write it as a training tool. I wrote it as a manual, basically, to catalog all of the best learnings and my best practices that I'd uncovered, researched, tested, implemented with thousands of people over you know, two, 20, 30 years. And I just put it all in there. I sure. didn't hold back. Yeah. So, so because it's so daunting, I'm not a really good instructional designer. I'm not even a very good trainer. I'm a good presenter, but... You know, I can present and get people sort of engaged and hypnotized and motivated, but they walk out and don't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I've had to sort of listen to the experts in terms of behavior change, which is not my area of expertise. You know, I figured out the model, but I didn't figure out how to make it stick and how to get people to actually do it, mm-hmm. even though it's simple to do. And so over all these years, we've just discovered a lot of people either are, are too uh, daunted by the book just because it looks like a lot to do. Sure. It's actually, it's actually not, if you kind of follow instructions, pretty simple stuff. But it, it can certainly seem that way. And so building a little more, lowering the barrier of entry for people to actually play. And the workbook is not really stepping down the methodology so much as it's giving people the real step-by-step, you know, 10 moves, <laughs> essentially. Hey, do this move, it'll get you started. Do this next move, it'll get you, you know, you'll be on the right path. And it, you know, really kind of takes people by the hand. And makes it much easier, I think, for people to engage. That was the reason. Yeah, it's fantastic. As I, I might have already mentioned on the show, I know I mentioned to you in the preview as we were just talking that I'm a big uh, GTD fan. And uh, But this is perfect. I've definitely recommended the book um, to uh, probably almost hundreds of clients of mine. And there have been some that have felt overwhelmed by it. And it seems like this would be a perfect spot for them to start with as maybe opposed <clears throat> to the actual the actual book. Is yeah. that kind of who you uh, thought yeah. it might be perfect for? Yeah. With that. I mean, I, frankly, the jury's out. I, I, I didn't know whether this kind of a thing would work. I, I, it's the only, you know, I just know that, you know, there've been some, some, some models that have worked really well, like the seven habits workbook, you know, sure. after, uh, you know, after Stephen Covey's book and, and quite a number of other books that have done that and that have done very well. So my publisher, Penguin, thought it would be a good idea. And Brandon Hall, who's my co-author, who yeah. did a good bit, good bit of the heavy lifting, is an expert in e-learning and expert in, in sort of the learning curriculum itself. And he showed up and sort of yanked my chain. He said, David, we really, really ought to do a workbook. And so I said, okay, a little bit kicking and screaming because yeah. I, I hate to sort of step down the methodology yeah. because the whole methodology is really quite a holistic model. And, and you know, I never really wanted to do anything but give everybody the whole picture but sure. uh, 
live and learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So in uh, prepping for this interview, I read a quote from an article that was published in uh, Fast Company where they interviewed you a few years back. And there's a quote, and you say, uh, people assume that I'm hardworking, left-brained, results-oriented, OCD, anal retentive kind of guy. In fact, the reason that I was attracted to this work was that it allowed me to be more creative, more spontaneous, freer. I'm a freedom guy. And that's the end of the quote. And I'm definitely a freedom guy, too. So I that uh, quote kind of drew me in. But I'm interested, what does it mean to you to be a freedom guy? And do you think that that surprises uh, a lot of people? I think it probably does. I mean, especially the first edition of the book with me in a suit and tie on this cover. And, you know, it was kind of targeted for the fast track professional in the corporate world because those are the majority of the clients over yeah. the last 30 years that kind of bought into what I was doing. They were the they were the first people to experience this tsunami of email and overwhelm of digi- the digital world that was bringing to them. And so they were the and they were the, you know, the, the hungriest and ripest audience, essentially. So. You know, it, it it was kind of targeted into that into that world. But when people would meet me, they go, "God, you're nothing like what I thought you would be." You know, because I'm a you know I'm a hangout kind of loosey goosey kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not a not a naturally organized guy. Everybody thinks yeah. that I would be. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I I really, you know, I guess I got into it. You could say efficient as opposed to efficient and lazy to me are kind of synonymous. You know, it's like I I hate having to do extra work. I hate having to have thoughts twice. I hate having to redo things. I hate being distracted by stuff. I can't finish when I think of it. Sure. And so, you know, so, you know, my freedom is, it can get a little subtle. You know, I like, I like, you know, my, I've set it, set it up. So my, you know, my own personal systems are set up so I never have to have a thought twice nor rethink anything the same way twice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, that's lazy. Most people keep thinking, rethinking the same stuff over and over and over without making any progress on what they're thinking about. And that's a big waste of time and a big waste huge, of time. Pain, huge, huge pain in the butt. So, yeah. so that, that's, you know, I sort of fell in love with empty space and clear space. Sure. And, you know, and, and very much like, you know, the French chefs that say mise en place, you know, before the French chefs start their evening meal, they, they make sure every single ingredient is ready. Every single, you know, pot and pan is ready. There's, and the, the, the kitchen is spotless and ready to go because, you know, it's going to get crazy. And so you have yeah. to, you know, as I say, you're, you're, you're most creative uh, when you have the freedom to make a mess. Mm. The problem is if you're in a mess, you can't make one. So I discovered, you know, years ago that it's really nice to clean up so that then you can, you know, then you can have the freedom to get crazy. Yes, yes. Then clean up again and get crazy again. So that's that's kind of more my lifestyle. And I think I think most people can sort of relate to that. If you like to do any kind of an event like cooking or playing music or painting or or anything, it's kind of like you need to get, kind of get your get all your stuff ready that gives you you know, get the right gear, get the right costume, get the right you sure. know stuff out. You know, so you can yeah. then then you can enjoy the the thing itself and the and the and the art or the craft itself. Yeah, you mentioned space in there. The, the just the word space and getting things done is you know it's often mistakenly thought of as a time management system, and I've always thought of it more as like a workflow management system, but I heard you reference it as I was prepping for this as more of a space management system. Does well, that still resonate with you or would you? Well, well, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. I mean, how much time does it take to have a good idea? You know, zero. How much time does it take to be creative? Zero. How much time does it take to be present and loving with your kids or cooking spaghetti? Zero. Those things, 
And yet most people would consider those kind of the golden goodies, you know, being creative, being present, being strategic, being whatever. And those don't require, they don't require time. They require space. They require room in your head and your psyche. Mm. If you're wrapped around a meeting you had at two o'clock in the afternoon and it's six o'clock at night and you're still worried about what happened or what you're going to do about it or whatever, yeah, it's hard to be present cooking spaghetti or tucking your kids into bed. Yeah. And so the, the whole thing is about what do you need to do to get stuff off your mind? which gives you then the room to use your mind for what it's really good for, which is, you know, accessing your intuitive intelligence, you know, to make good decisions about your options. Mm-hmm. But as the cognitive scientists have figured out in the last 10 or 15 years and a lot of research, basically I discovered it 30 years ago plus, uh, was that your head's just a crappy office and your head's for having ideas, but it's a terrible place to hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Your brain did not evolve to remember, remind, prioritize, or manage relationships between more than four things. As soon as you try to track more than four things just in your head, you're going to sub-optimize your cognitive process. Mm-hmm. And they've now proven that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, GDD cons- consists of... Uh, you know, five basic steps as I see it, which is capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. And capturing is a huge part of that. And if you can sure. get that stuff out of your head so you can actually use your brain to think instead of remember, you're well on your way, huh? Exactly. You got yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. so we mentioned uh, earlier kind of your quote about freedom, your freedom guy. And, uh, Part of that freedom was making a big move. So you moved overseas to uh, Amsterdam, right? Yeah. And where, and from where, the, where I'm speaking from right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And from the you moved from the United States. What kind of inspired that move? Well, my wife and I don't have kids, and we wanted a kind of a new adventure in our life. It just was time for that. And uh, <clears throat> we looked at people slightly older than we were that looked a little more sedentary than we thought we'd be comfortable doing. And we both have good health and good energy, and we thought, you know, time for another adventure. And so we and we wanted to get out of the U.S. The U.S. is very U.S.-centric in its thinking, and we thought of ourselves always as kind of more global people and mm-hmm. and our my work and our work and the gtd work now spreading around the world is more of a global event and so we wanted to move out somewhere you know and could have been pretty much anywhere as long as i'm near an airport given the work that i do and my our work was becoming much more virtual so it kind of didn't matter where we were uh but we loved europe and we'd been to amsterdam a couple of times before but it could have been anywhere over here but amsterdam is just so great and once we were here we just totally fell in love even more so with it and decided to stick around. So how long have you lived there now? Uh, five years, over over five years. And you still yep. own any property in the U.S., or you just made the, no, made the no. jump? No, we got rid of, we sold our office building, we sold our house, we gave away or sold everything we had, essentially lightened our footprint, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of moved our center of gravity over here. Has that move been like better than expected, what you expected, or more challenging than you expected? I mean, that's a big, big yeah. move. All the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the above. It, you know, it, it, it's a... Uh, Things always are more complicated than you think, you know, right. but that's okay. And there are a lot of hidden treasures in it in the process. So it was kind of all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, it was great. Just another project. Hey, move to Amsterdam. You know, so, move to Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that, there was a lot involved in it. Yeah. But it was good. It, it, it 
you know, I think those, I think you need to do those kind of things every once in a while. Just yeah. kind of shake it up, you know, it's and really cool. see things from a totally different angle and, and a different perspective. Yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's been great. And we love it. The lifestyle here is, is very much to our liking. Quality of life is really cool. It's a very outdoor place. People are out with their kids and their dogs and it's a, uh, yeah. and you know, we haven't had a car since we've been here. Oh, and wow. Yeah. My wife and I both have two bicycles and, you know, it's a real bike place and, and, uh, you know, there's just more art and, and music and, and culture here, you know, within, you know, within 10 square miles and you can shake a stick at or ever take advantage of. So it's, you know, it, it's, it, and it's much more the center of my world than Santa Barbara was. I mean, come on, California, Santa Barbara was great, though it's all kind of frying up out there now. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but this is much more, you know, I'm, I'm three hours from Moscow. I'm, I'm an hour and a half from Milan. I'm 45 minutes from London, you know, so this is really, really a very central place given the, the, the work we're doing and where we like to go. What percentage of the year at this point do you have to travel for, you know, presentations and for your, for your work? Oh, it's, uh, Matt, it just, it, it's so ad hoc. Sometimes I'm really kind of wall to wall. Sometimes, you know, I just did a global summit of GTD here in Amsterdam in, in June, which was a major two year project. And oh, so wow. kind of, kind of decompressing from all that. So I've been on a little bit of a hiatus and haven't traveled much since then. Yeah. Uh, but you know, upcoming, I've got two trips to Kiev and the Ukraine. I've got a masterclass I'm giving in Moscow. I have a, I'm going to Israel for a week. We have a new licensee there. I'll be in Cyprus and have a, we have a new licensee there in, in, in the spring. So oh, still wow. moving around, mostly supporting the, you know, we have we have a, a whole uh, uh, process of, of licensing people, exclusive distributors of the GTD training and coaching right. now around the world. And a lot of what I've been doing for the last two or three years has been supporting sort of our new partners in that regard. Very cool. And, then traveling, you know, to where they're doing and doing press and making sure people say these are the people we have certified as, you know, as master trainers of our work. Outstanding. So um, where's the best place for listeners to hunt you down at work and uh, where, where should we send them? Well, uh, our website, gettingthingsdone.com, Perfect. Uh, you'll, you'll see an overview kind of of all we're doing. Most of our work now, I'm not doing, I, I do sort of random keynotes and, and random things myself. But for the most part, we've now partnered with people delivering our trainings, both publicly and as well as in-house. And so we have, if you go to our site and see, look under our partners, you'll see all over the world where we have partners that are delivering our trainings and our coaching. So in the U.S., we've partnered with Vital Smarts, really great company out of out of Provo that that sort of made their mark doing the crucial conversations. And, uh, and doing that. And they, they wanted to add some more intellectual property to their portfolio. And so we met, met up with them and they were, they're great folks. And so, you know, we, we've sort of handed off to the U S and Canada anyway, all of our trainings to them. So you'll see connections to all of that, you know, on our site, as well as just some overviews, of the methodology itself. When you originally published getting things done, were you surprised at how like aggressively it was adopted by people or did you assume it would be or what was your expectation well it was kind of a slow burn and you know i i overall you know, over all these years i've developed a 
a, a kind of an approach which really worked for me, which is high anticipation and no expectation. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, I kind of like, well, I don't know. I just needed to write the book. I needed to get it out of myself and get it into a manual in case I fell over or got run over by a bus. At least, at least that had been captured. I mean, it took me 25 years, Matt, to figure out what I'd figured out and that it was unique and that hmm. nobody else seemed to have done it and that it was bulletproof. Mm-hmm. And that it, and no matter how much or to whatever degree anybody implements any of it, it improves their condition. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, this that would be, you know, kind of selfish to hold it back. Mm-hmm. And so I just wrote the I wrote the thing just to get it out there. I had no idea how what the uptake would be, and it was a bit of a slow burn. You know, it it it, it started out pretty well, but it it then started to get a lot of traction as it was spread around and as it got translated into all the different languages around the world. I mean. It has to be meaningful. Sorry to cut you off. It has to be meaningful for you to, I mean, I was just reading some of the reviews and people are just so like, you know, I mean, people say it changed my life. Like one in five people are just like, man, this completely changed my life. And uh, I mean, that has to be really uh, rewarding for you. Oh, it's it's fabulous. Are you kidding? I mean, I've been really graced, you know, been blessed to have stumbled across something. Of course, you know, I paid my dues and it took me. You know, I had 35 jobs by the time I was 35, didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up and sort of fumbled around to try to find what was my niche, what was the thing that, that I could do that was, you know, unique and valuable, you know, for people. And, and I, you know, I, I love helping people and educating people and, and, you know, being of service in a way. So, so, you know, wonderful to actually have now created essentially a career and a whole lifestyle based upon something that, again, you know, it's not like running with scissors. It's you know, it's very good stuff, and it's easy for people to do, and it improves anybody's condition who does it. So, you know, have a little chart of how many people every month are getting lives are getting impacted by going through trainings and so forth, and it's just as wonderful to to have sort of wound up being able to do that. Awesome. So it looked like from my research, you can get this workbook pretty much any place where you shop for books. I mean, it's out there. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. It's in, yeah. in all the good, all the good. You know, I always like to champion local bookstores. You know, okay. they do such cool. a great job. So anybody, if you have a local bookstore, it's always great to support them. If not, you can always do the Amazon, you know, stuff if you if you, if you can find it all there. All right, David, this is yeah. great, guys. If you've ever thought about implementing the uh, GTD methodology, this is a great place to to start or to uh, enhance with the actual GTB. Uh, GTD book. So go check it out. Buy it at your local bookstore. Thank you so much, David. This was really fun for me. I've uh, really admired your work from afar for for a long time, and it was really fun to connect and pick your brain for a few minutes. Yeah, thanks, Matt. My pleasure. It's fun. You got it. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It's Matt again. Hope you loved that interview with David. He's a very thoughtful guy and very smart guy. Love doing that interview with him. So hope you guys enjoyed it too. And uh, give me a shout if you guys need anything. And like I mentioned, I'll be recording an episode full of listener questions really, really soon. So thanks again, guys. And uh, bye-bye.